Amen. So, what does the wisest man uh, next to Jesus to ever walk the face of the planet have to say about loving your neighbor? Well, here is what he writes in Proverbs chapter 3, uh, starting verse 27. He says, uh, when it's in your power, don't withhold good from the one to whom it belongs. Don't say to your neighbor, go away, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow when it is there with you. I want to read it one more time uh, because I'm, I'm not going to reference it again. Uh, you know, we're not going to put it on the screen for you again. So I really want these verses to stick with you. He says, when it's in your power, don't withhold good from the one to whom it belongs. Don't say to your neighbor, go away, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow when it is there with you. And so there's three things I want to share with you very quickly uh, about what I think that, that text in Proverbs teaches us about loving our neighbor. And here's the first thing. I want you to know that loving our neighbor means meeting needs when we're able. Right? Loving our neighbor means meeting needs when we are able. So, so big picture Bible, if we we're going to step back, kind of, kind of the hovering view, uh, the Bible teaches us that God is a giver. Right? God is a giver. I mean, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. As the CSB puts it, for God loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only son. So whoever, uh, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So God loved us so much that he gave us, he shared with us his very best possession, which was his own son. And listen, he says kind of plainly in his word, he expects us to be givers like, like he's a giver. Right? Hebrews 13, 16 says, Don't neglect to do what is good and to share, for God is pleased with such sacrifices. Jesus instructs uh, his, his followers plainly in, in Luke chapter 3. He says, The one who has two shirts must share with someone who has none, and the one who has food must do the same. Right? Must do the same. In fact, here's what I'm going to tell you guys. The Bible would say that to do anything less than that, to do anything less than that is the opposite of the second greatest command. Right? Second greatest command, love your neighbor as yourself. To do anything less than sharing with those in need uh, when we're able is, is actually the Bible calls unloving. Uh, in 1 John 3.17, John writes, If anyone has this world's goods and sees a fellow believer in need but withholds compassion from him, how does God's love reside in him? How does God's love reside in him? What John's saying is like, this is the very essence of love, is that we take care of people when we see needs. If we're able, we fill the need. That's what it means to love our neighbor. So loving our neighbor means meeting needs when we're able. Uh, in other words, verse 27 of Proverbs 3, when it's in your power, don't withhold good. Right? So that's the first thing I want you to see. Second thing I want you to see, guys, is this, that loving our neighbor means meeting needs as they arise. Right? Loving our neighbor means meeting needs as they arise. So somebody, say, somebody may say, well, I, I, yeah, I, I share my extra clothes. I go drop them off at Goodwill or I, I, I take them over here uh, downtown to the Lions Club. I, I do that. If I see a need, you know, I, I, I mean, I give to these places. The problem is that often that's based on our schedule. Amen? Right? So it is springtime. I bought some new clothes. I, I don't have room in my closet. It's not that I'm really thinking about somebody going, I wonder if somebody doesn't have clothes. It's that I have so much 
that I've overcrowded the space that I have and it's inconvenient for me to, to try to stick anything else or expand my house. And so I say, okay, well, I've got to get rid of some things. I guess I'll go give them to a good cause, right? That is absolutely not the same thing as what Solomon is talking about. Solomon is saying, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about giving out of your excess um, when it's convenient for you. I'm talking about moments when it's absolutely inconvenient that somebody pops up and says, hey, I'm hungry, and you just got takeout, right? That's what Solomon's saying. Like, you just got takeout. Some, you see somebody that's hungry, and you're like, ah, here, go ahead, man. I can eat later, right? It, it, it's a whole different concept. And so loving our neighbor means meeting needs as they arise. And listen, this is what our namesake Jesus was great at, by the way, right? Uh, uh, Christians were Christians. Jesus Christ was great at this. Think about his first miracle. When, when was Jesus' first miracle? What was he doing? He was there to enjoy a wedding. Right? And his mom's like, hey, they ran out of wine. Uh, my friend's going to be really embarrassed. And Jesus is like, oh, mom. Okay, fine. Right? I, I, I think about some of his greatest miracles. Jesus is teaching. He's teaching about the kingdom of God. The most important thing you can do as he's teaching, stuff starts to fall from the roof of the house. And what is it? It's people lowering a friend so they can be healed. What does Jesus do? He stops teaching. He heals the man. Right? Jesus is walking with a crowd. Like, it had to be kind of a cool deal. You've drawn a crowd. The streets are full. People are chanting your name. And you're walking, and some blind guy by the side of the road is yelling, Jesus! 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 Like, blind guy is running, which has to be dangerous. And Jesus stops everything he's doing. He looks at the guy and says, come to me. Come here. What do you want? The guy says, I just want to see. And Jesus said, yeah, you need to see, man. Right? Receive your sight. Jesus stops what he's doing. Right? Jesus is, is always willing to meet someone's needs as they arise. I, I, I think about the, the healing of, of Jairus' daughter, right? And, and the woman that's bleeding. The, Jesus, the feeding of the 5,000, you remember that? They, they, they flock to Jesus out in the middle of nowhere. The crowds are hungry. And, 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 and Jesus looks at the disciples and says, what should we do? And the disciples, here's their answer, send them home. And Jesus says, no, we're going to give them something to eat. In fact, you're going to give them something to eat, Right? Jesus was always willing to stop. And, and here's what I'm going to say to you. You ready? Loving your neighbor is inconvenient. Okay? Loving your neighbor is inconvenient. If you think you can do this on your schedule, you are so wrong. Because your neighbor's needs are not going to arise when it's convenient for you. That's not how it's worked. That, that's, what, that's what Solomon's getting at. He's saying, like, listen, don't send your neighbor away. If they come to you and you have the ability to meet their needs, don't send them away and say, oh, let me take care of this later. Let's do this tomorrow. Right? That's, that's not what we're talking about. And here's why Solomon says that's so important. Because, guys, loving our neighbor involves a deep understanding that we're not promised tomorrow. That we're not promised tomorrow. Right? Imagine, imagine, uh, that's our third point, guys. We're going to go, yeah, there we go. Loving our neighbor involves a deep understanding that we are not promised tomorrow. And, and so, like, imagine that somebody comes to you and they are in desperate need. And, uh, and, and let's say that uh, they're about to lose their house. Okay? They're about to lose their house. Now, you've been blessed. You, you have a little extra money in the bank. You norm, But they come to you because they know you. And they're like, listen, I, 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 I'm short. Uh, I, have, I have this much money in the bank. And I'm, I'm $600 short from, from, from being able to cover my mortgage. And, and the bank says, like, like listen, I'm, I'm going to lose it. And you say to them, now you have the ability, you've got a checkbook, and you say, you know what, today, I just can't do it today. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, just, I'm busy right now. I'm like in the middle, I'm cooking dinner. But you know what, let's, let's, let's hook up tomorrow for lunch, and I'm going I'm I'm to give you that. I will absolutely cover it. And you die of a heart attack that night after having agreed that you were going to do it. 
And then what happens? Then that person also loses their house and you're gone. Now, that may, you, you may go, well, that's a little much, Pastor. Well, that, that's, that's what the Bible talks about. Like, we're, we're not promised tomorrow. We, we have to do things while it's called today. In fact, if you've been reading through the Bible with us, we have a church-wide Bible reading plan. Uh, we, we finished up the book of Hebrews, and uh, we just jumped into the book of Hosea. One of the themes out of the book of Hebrews is, is, is this thing about today, right? Uh, it says this, Hebrews 3, 7 through 8, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. Uh, verse 13 says, but encourage each other daily while it's still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. It's an urgency today. If you hear God telling you to do so, do it today is what the author of Hebrews said. Jesus basically says the same thing. In Luke chapter 3, uh, he's teaching about the urgency of the kingdom of God. And, uh, and he says this. He says, you fool, this very night your life is demanded of you and the things that you have prepared, uh, whose will they be? Now, what's he talking about? Well, here's the deal. Uh, this rich man, uh, it's called the rich fool, he tells this parable uh, about, about the urgency of today. He says there was a rich man that decided uh, just to himself, you know what, uh, I, one day I want to sit around and do nothing. And so, so the guy's barns were full. He said, you know what, I need bigger barns. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns today, and, and then I'll start building bigger barns, and I'll have so much stuff that I'll be able to sit around and do nothing, right? Sounds like the American dream, doesn't it? Uh, and, uh, and so, and, and listen, and what happened, and, and God says to him that very night, no, tonight you're, you're going to lose your life, you fool. And, and you say, what is that parable about? Well, Jesus explains the meaning of what he's saying all the way down in, uh, in Luke uh, Hello, I'm following me, myself here. Uh, in Luke uh, 12, 40, he says, You also be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect. See, the, the parable about the rich fool is actually about the fact that we don't, we don't, we're not promised tomorrow. The kingdom of heaven is going to come. Like, we're, we're not going to know. And what that means, guys, is of, of crucial importance when it comes to people's love for God. Right, that we, we need to be sharing the gospel with people, that they would uh, repent, that they would believe in Jesus, because we don't know when the end is. We can't put that off. But it also means that we can't put off loving others, because we're not promised tomorrow. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We have to love our neighbor while it is still called today. While it's still called today. So what do we, what do, we do when we start to grapple with Proverbs 3, 27, 28? I think there's a few things the text would call us to. Number one, I think the text calls us to learn to live what I call open-handed. To live open-handed. And uh, I'll kind of tell you uh, what I mean, right? God is a giver. Uh, he wants us to receive. The problem is, uh, can you receive when your hands are like this? You can't. See, we, we kind of all live like we're just hanging on. Man, I, I, I've got a, this is my stuff, this is my house, these are my kids, this is my job, this is my money. And, uh, and so needs arise around us and we're like, nope, can't do that. Can't do that, I'm sorry, I, we're on a budget, like I can't, I, can't, I can't do it. The truth is we have all kinds of marginal money that we can spend on coffee and all kinds of other right? But we, we live like this, we live kind of closed-fisted. And, and, and the problem with that is that God's a giver. And, and not only is God a giver, but God blesses those that follow his example. God blesses people that, that give. In fact, Luke 6.38 says this, Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. He's saying, listen, if you give, God is not only going to give back to you, but he's going he's to press it down. He's going to make sure you actually probably get more than you gave. Right? And so we have to learn how to live open-handed. Now, when we're willing to share God's resources with other people, God's promise is that he will take care of us right? in, in ways that we couldn't even imagine. 
And, and, and so, listen, we're called to meet practical needs of real people with love, love our neighbors, when they arise, right? We're, we're called to do that, uh, which brings to the second point, is we need to love like we don't have a schedule. Right? You, you're trying to apply this? Here's your application, ready? Love like you don't have a schedule, all right? Number one reason you're not going to love somebody, uh, apart from our stinginess, is, is that you're going to say you're too busy. You're too busy. You're going to be driving to work and see somebody with a flat tire and be like, ah, you know what, I would, but ah. Like, I mean, it's happened. Who, who's done that before, right? I mean, is, is, now, I've also pulled over and, and helped people change tires. Like, I've, I've done that too. But, man, I've got to tell you, there's sometimes that I, I drive by and I find myself, like, I'm praying, dear Lord, help them. And I just, man, I'm like, you know what, I could have been five minutes late. I could have been ten minutes late. Where I was going was really not that important and what I'm going to say to you is, is what, what Solomon says is loving your neighbor is all about meeting the needs when they actually... Don't say to your neighbor, come back. Don't say to your neighbor, come back. Is there not a... Can we not move meetings? Can we not be late? Right? Can we not miss a show? Can we not miss kickoff? Like, we can. We just... We, we have to get out of this mindset. Well, I've got to be here right now. So if we're going to love our neighbor well, we have to love like, like we don't have a schedule. It, it's, I'm not telling you to blow off everything in your life, but I'm saying if, if you're in the way, uh, you're on your way to go do something, and God provides you with an opportunity to love someone, I'm, I'm saying I think the biblical text would say, maybe you need to put off what you're going to do. Maybe you need to be a few minutes late, make a phone call, say, hey, I'm going to be a few minutes late. I need to help somebody. And you meet that need, and then you go to your meeting, okay? All right, last. I think we need to seize every opportunity to love while we can seize every opportunity to love while we can. We are not promised tomorrow. We're just not. A high school friend of mine um, kind of posted something on Facebook. It was a little cryptic uh, at first, you know, something, something about kind of loving while you can. And I was like, man, I wonder what that was about. Then the next day he followed up with a picture. Uh, and so when my friend moved to a new area, I'm not going to say all the areas, I don't want to kind of out him, but he moved to a new area, didn't know anybody. He met this person uh, and, uh, and, and they had similar hobby interests, so like, they got together with a group. Well, they just become really, became really close friends. This guy knew his family, loved his kids. Uh, they did all kinds of things in life together. The pandemic happened, uh, like everyone else, was separated, and, and he thought about him often, but didn't reach out, and then he got the news his friend was gone. So he's grappling with it, and he posted a picture of his friend, and said, I, I can't believe, I, I should, and, he, he, and, and his whole message was, just call him. Just call, just reach out. If you're thinking about somebody, just reach out while you can. Just do it while you can. And, and listen, some of that, we call that survivor's remorse. Uh, it, it's, it, it's not really about the person. It, it's more about us, right? It, it's about just reaching out, loving. Because when we, when we do this thing and we, we give our time, we give our energy, we give our affection to other people, God blesses us back. He does. Right? I told people one of the, the, the toughest things when my father passed, I was actually in Uganda on a mission trip, and my dad had taken his trip to Costa Rica. I knew he was going there. And as we were wrap, wrapping up our trip, everything, I just had this, like I wanted to call my dad and say, hey, why don't you just fly me there so uh, I can hang out your last two days of your trip. And I, I wanted to, like I had this impression I, I was going to do, and I didn't. I was like, no, it's fine, he, he's fine. So I, I got home, and, and then sure enough, two days later, I, I get the call that, that my dad died right? Now, now listen, it wasn't going to change his life. He loved me. That, that stuff was locked up. But, but I missed out on an opportunity to show love one last time, right? 
Now, it's just, I'm telling you guys, we have divine opportunity. God, if God puts it on your heart, the Holy Spirit's doing that for a reason. He says, hey, pull over. Hey, give that guy 10 bucks. Or like, whatever that is, God's going to do that. So don't miss those opportunities. Love while you have a chance. Amen? Awesome, awesome. Let me pray for us. A couple quick announcements. Uh, I don't know if you can smell it, but the barbecue is, whoo I came in this morning and the beans were cooking. I was like, I want to eat a whole plate of those. Uh, so let me pray and I'll talk to you about those things. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word, which is good. God, I, I just confess, I need um, the conversations we're having. Uh, Lord, I need to be challenged in, when it comes to loving my neighbor. I need to be challenged uh, when it comes to sharing uh, what you've given them to me. I, I, I tend to uh, be, uh, my wife says stingy. Uh, I call it cheap. Um, I like to use the word frugal, but it's really cheap. Um, but, but God, I, I just pray you'd open my eyes to the needs around me. And when they arise, not, not when it's convenient for me, but when they arise, I would be willing to step in and fill those needs. And I pray it's not just me. I pray it's our entire church body. How different would the city of Elgin be if every time one of our members, every time someone hearing this message saw a need, they just stepped in and filled it with the love of Jesus. God, I, I just think we, we'd be such a radically different community. Help us be that community, Jesus. We ask that in your holy and precious name. Amen.